All right, Mike Kaufman, uh, you're known as a military analyst, but you're also known among a lot of people as an analyst of what we IR folks call Russian grand strategies. Back in 2018, you published a great article on Russia's strategy for great power competition that you called open quote rating, close quote, namely chipping away at the United States through indirect strategies, indirect operations that would weaken it and essentially ultimately compel it to come to the negotiating table to get towards something like a new version of 1970s detente. Anyway, lots of people found that compelling, but we're interested to know how do you interpret the decision in February to go to a large-scale war in Ukraine in light of that analysis? Yeah, it's a great question. And I want to be upfront. Uh, the theory I sort of advanced wasn't meant to be a unified field theory of all Russian behavior, but nonetheless, that's the lens uh, I thought the best explained a good deal of it. And to me, what's fascinating about Ukraine is it looked like such a deviation for Russia from a strategy that had been working quite successfully for them, from my point of view, in the 2000s. But then in retrospect, it turned out it wasn't. It turned out the Russian political leadership had no intention to conduct a prolonged war or a large conventional war in Europe. They actually did intend this as a decapitation strike. They thought they would be done within a matter of days. They planned it primarily at the political and intelligence circles of leadership. And it is closer to a raid than not just gone very wrong. And just to be very clear, in international politics, one thing's behavior like raiding goes wrong, it often results in a, in a war, in a prolonged war, right? But it looks as though they had no preparations and no intention for a serious prolonged conflict with Ukraine. They just thought they were going to win and they were going to pull this off within a matter of days. So in a sense, we have here a, a historical lesson in war's contingency and all kinds of Clausewitzian references to its unpredictability. But given that, now there, if you can use the modern vernacular, Russia is where it is in Ukraine, tragically so. What do you think the stakes are? Is Russia's whole approach to great power competition, indeed its entire kind of self-conception of its elite as a great power at stake in this conflict? Yeah, uh, I would say the stakes are twofold and they, they principally impinge on what you've probably seen as two core drivers in Russian grand strategy in history. The first is that every Russian leader has defined a geopolitical space where they see Russian interests as being predominant outside of Russia's actual territory. And every Russian leader has defined it differently. You know, some have taken as far as the entirety of the Warsaw Pact to the middle of Europe. Some had downsized it to the Soviet Union. You know, Putin clearly includes Belarus and Ukraine in that calculus. So part of it's a geopolitical space. And the fact that Russian leaders can't see Russia as a power without a geopolitical space and buffer states around it and so on and so forth. But the big part of it is also a contest over security in Europe. And by that, I mean how security outcomes are determined by whom and Russian attempt to relitigate a post-Cold War settlement that they very much uh, disagree with. So Ukraine is, from a Russian point of view, at least the way I see it, uh, is, is a conflict that is first about Ukraine, but is also ultimately a proxy contest about Russia's role in European security and the future of European security writ large. And who gets to determine that? Mike, I got to say, if that's true, and in their framing it that way, that suggests uh, a strong motivation on the part of at least the current Russian leadership to continue the fight. I got to tell you, it's really hard for me to see from this current juncture. I'm not asking for a forecast, 
But it's hard for me to see at this juncture how this war ends up advancing that political objective. Is that is that how you see it? I mean, I definitely think that from a standpoint of Russian interest, this war is a blunder and uh, will go down in history as a debacle in, in probably in strategy communities. But it's very typical of great powers. Great powers are their own worst enemies, and they often commit blunders like this, which leads to cycles of diminished power and influence. Um, I think here I probably very much agree perhaps with Steve Kotkin's take that Russia goes through cycles of resurgence, stagnation, and decline. And if Russia does have any kind of distinct uh, power um, as an entity, is that it's very good at resurrecting itself. It typically bucks secular trends. You know, I often say, hey, rising powers don't stay rising and declining powers don't stay declining. And folks need to avoid that kind of straight line analysis. But Russia in particular tends to defy secular trends. That's why I think despite this terrible mistake they've made, in time, Russia will be back. Russia's not going anywhere uh, in European politics. Well, can I just editorialize to say that if Russia is defining its uh, object in Ukraine this way and the Ukrainians and its Western allies are defining it as a question of global order, we're in for a kind of uh, fairly high stakes and long term struggle. Well, absolutely. And wars are principally contests of wills. And this is a contest of wills, not just between Russia and Ukraine, but also between Russia and what you consider to be, I guess, the, the West, right, the political West. And so it, it's a fight that's likely to drag on. I actually believe this war could very well be protracted. It could be one of the longer wars in Europe, at least in, in recent memory. Well, on that depression, a depressing cautionary note, let me thank you, Mike, for the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me back.